This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back to Kelly and Ramia. You have reached hour two on your Friday edition of the program. We are halfway through pushing open your gateway to the weekend. We have lots of conversations still ahead on the program, and uh, it's always fun. So stay tuned with us for the next hour or so. But uh, Danielle, I will hand things over to you. Thank you, Brock. We're ending our week with our latest sports updates, and I'm going to hand it right back to our friend Brock Richardson to give us the headlines. I'm Brock Richardson, and I love sports. As a former pro athlete, I bring you the sports angle beyond the headlines, plus parasport news and analysis. So, Brock, uh, here we are, just the two of us. I feel like we're getting away with something. It's lovely to spend Friday with you, and I get to learn all about the sports today. What's your leadoff item? Well, I have to uh, make a bit of a correction. Uh, Last week, I was talking about uh, five different sports that will be uh, part of the 2028 Olympic Games in L.A. Uh, I said 2026. 2026 will be the Winter Olympic Games, and uh, 28 will be the summer. So they're going to have cricket, squash, um, softball, um, flag football, and I'm missing the fifth one. It'll come back to me. Did I hear breakdancing? I thought I heard somebody said breakdancing. That was one of them, but thank goodness it did not make (laughs) the list of uh, of sports. And it's... uh, I heard that one and I was kind of intrigued about it. And I'm like, yeah, not so much. So (laughs) the sports I referred to last week are for the 2028 Olympic Games in uh, L.A. Uh, My second leadoff item for you is to tell you that just before we came on the air, maybe about 45 minutes to an hour, uh, Christine Sinclair, who is the longtime uh, star for Team Canada in soccer, she has decided to hang up her cleats at the end of this season, which is nearing its end. And and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago and that maybe this would be the end for her. And it is, in fact, the end. And I lamented then and I'll lament now while we talk about her. It was quite admirable for her to say, I'm going to stick through it with Team Canada uh, through this window to get them qualified for the Olympic Games and we'll move on from there, possibly. I think she could have very easily said, listen, I won the gold medal at the last uh, summer games, and so I'm good, I'm happy. But I think when they didn't qualify at the World Championships recently, kind of left a little bit of a bitter taste in her mouth, and so she decided to stick around for the window, and she ended up helping them get qualified, and she's decided now that she's going to hang up her cleats. And Danielle, I have to be honest with you and say that I truly, truly expect her to be involved with soccer in Canada in some capacity because she still lives and breathes a soccer and uh, I would expect to see her in some involvement if not 
as a manager uh, down the line. But uh, yeah, I expect there to be some involvement for sure. That's what I was about to ask you. She hasn't announced what she's planning to do next. I guess it's really early days. She's only just announced that that she's uh, stopping doing one thing. She hasn't yet told us what she what's coming next. But I, th it would be hard to imagine her without an involvement with the sport, wouldn't it? It it, it really is, and I gotta and I'll tell this to you this way when you are an athlete it's hard to pull yourself away and say that's that chapter of my life is over that chapter of my life is done I'm not going to be involved and for me although I'm not an athlete anymore I'm still involved with you know Bocce Canada and doing some stuff with them I'm still involved in, in their sport and go and support them in, in different ways. And I think most athletes just have it in their blood where they say, no, I really can't completely unplug. It's not in my nature. It's not in my core. And I want to be a part of whatever organization because a lot of us recognize too that our, our given organization or our country has given us so much. And so you want to give back. I know Soccer Canada has had some real trouble. And so it's hard for me to say that Soccer Canada's given uh, Christine Sinclair a lot, but they have, and they've allowed her to, to participate and do that. But it's very hard for us to say, nope, I'm going to unplug and, and I'm just going to disconnect and do something totally different. You often see people in the realm of what they were doing in some way, shape or form. Absolutely. Teaching or, or coaching or something like that. The 2023 Para Pan Am Games are the next major event on the international calendar. Um, that event will run November 17th to the 23rd. And you have some fond memories when you competed in the Guadalajara, Mexico uh, events in 2011. Can you talk to us a little bit about that, Brock? Yeah, I mean, it's, it was one of my favorite events. It was my favorite international event. Uh, that I did, and yes, that uh, goes ahead of the Paralympic Games that I did twice. It was my best uh, international finish that I ever had. Uh, I finished eighth uh, in my category. Um, there was some controversy, if we can put it that way, in in that how I lost my quarterfinal game that I may or may not be a little still bitter about. But, uh, <laughs> you know, as athletes, it's hard to unplug from from those kind of things. And so, yeah, I really do have some fond memories and really enjoyed my time in, in Guadalajara, Mexico. Well, that's really something. And, you know, let's not sneeze at coming in eighth. I mean, that's pretty impressive too, isn't it? You know, you, people notice. So that, that's great to know. We're just a, a month away from uh, the games beginning. Uh, what are the athletes going through today in preparation for these games? So I uh, I did an interview with uh, CBC uh, Sports, which you'll see the ar article very soon on uh, my social media platforms. But um, one of the qu questions he asked was this very thing: is that what do you 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 expect from from people? You know, being weeks and months away from events. Uh, the event that we were talking about in this article was the Bocce National Championships, which is uh, next weekend in Richmond, BC. But the, the the constant theme is that at this point, whether it's a month, a week, whatever, you are really in that position where you're thinking about your mental preparation. You know that you know how to execute your your shots. You know you you have the skill to do all of that. You know that. 
So for me, the focus right now for athletes is mental preparation. It's hydration. It's lots of rest. It's it's really avoiding injury in a certain way because you don't want to be a month away from a, a big event and then you push yourself a little too far where you might tear something or have an injury of some kind. It's just, it becomes very, very risky. And so coaches and athletes really focus on the rest and the rehydration piece. So that's what you're seeing at this time of the year as we are a month away from the Parapan Am Games. What about diet? Do you, do you have a, a particular diet that you stick to while you're in training that's different from what you'd be eating the, the rest of the year? Or is, is it, do you keep to that the whole time? You, you, they, I, I'm going to give you the uh, athlete answer, but then I'm going to give you the, the truthful answer. The athlete <laughs> answer is that, yes, you're, you're going to tell your coaches and you're going to tell all the people that are involved, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the things that I need to do from a diet perspective. But there are some of us, myself included, that might you know, sneak a little bit of that extra chocolate bar that we shouldn't have or <laughs> shouldn't do. But yes, the, the, the focus really is the, the, the meals. And when you go into a place um, like Chile, you know, there's a lot of, uh, of different foods that might be offered to you in the, in the village. And they try to give you a plethora of, of things that you can, you can uh, eat from, but you do sort of have to look at what, is the the staple of chili is it beans is it beef is it what is it so that maybe you might think okay well if i'm gonna have a lot of beans or a lot of whatever maybe i'm gonna you know prime myself up for that here uh, the same thing can be said danielle if you're going all the way over to china where there's a 12-hour difference maybe you're also looking at changing your sleep patterns so yes. that the jet lag doesn't kill you when you get there because a lot of the times you might only be there for two or three days and then expected to train and compete. Well, those two or three days, you might just be getting over the jet lag. So if you can, you know, program yourself to say, okay, I know the time difference here is, you know, X amount of hours. Maybe you can try to program yourself. And that's really, really hard to do. I bet. We did that going to China. Uh, we did that and it was tough to, to do that. And, it, but it served well because the jet lag really didn't seem to, to bother us. But when I was going to bed, it was like, oh, everyone else is getting up and I'm going to bed and darkening blinds and so on and so forth. So it's it's tough. But those are the things you have to do as a professional athlete. I, I imagine it must be quite difficult. I know how I feel when you, you know, turn the clocks back one hour and it takes, you know, I mean, they talk about more traffic accidents and, you know, people that just not feeling themselves. And that's just one hour. But if you're traveling across the globe, that's that's really something to get yourself used to. So thank you for pointing that out. And and the tough thing, Danielle, that I will say is that you get a lot of support going to the event from athletes, from coaches, from who's ever part of your team. But when you're doing the reverse and you're coming back from a, a country that, you know, had a big time difference, everybody just says, oh, just deal with the jet lag as it comes because you're back home, you're back in your own environment. But I found that to be tougher, the coming back home. And you might have spent three weeks in a place, you know, where the time difference was significant. But uh, yeah, it, it, it can be challenging and it, it can be real challenging when you don't have as much support coming home that you would have hoped. So I guess they figure you're just going to go to bed and stay there till you feel better or something right? like that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, that's... gosh. Well, 
Now, do you think you have time to bring us up to speed on Major League Baseball playoffs? Uh, Major League Baseball playoffs, uh, I will tell you quickly that the Houston Astros and Texas Rangers are tied uh, 2-2, and uh, the Diamondbacks and Philadelphia Phillies, the Diamondbacks are trailing that series 2-1, and it has been very, very intriguing. Uh, Houston was down uh, 2-0, and they came back to tie it up, so this series is going to divide into something bigger and tune in this weekend as there's a, a couple of games that will be on board. But yeah. Wow. Lots going on, Brock. Thank you so much for filling us in. Brock Richardson hits us with the latest sports updates on Mondays. Yes, I do. And we're going to stay tuned because coming up after the break, we're going to be talking to Ryan Huey for another edition of the Chatty Books. And he's going to tell us about an author who uses soda min uh, for something on social media and it's blowing up. He'll tell us more about that next year on Kelly and Ramya. Stay with us. Don't go away. There's more great conversation with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.